This is our second session on 1 Thessalonians 3, 1-5, and it just amazes me when I ponder a, a paragraph as simple as this, because in a sense it looks like it's just a narrative of Paul's concern and a narrative of his planning and how he has sent Timothy and what their situation is, when really, if you stop and ponder the lessons to be learned for ministry and theologically are simply enormous. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind in Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be shaken by these afflictions. Father, there are many times in life when we are called upon to be co-workers with you in order to establish someone who is wobbly and ready to die in unbelief because afflictions have made life so hard for them that they can't find their way forward in faith. Therefore, grant, I pray, that as we ponder this simple sentence, we would all be made better co-workers in the gospel of Christ with you to establish people's faith. Pray this in Jesus' name. That's, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm doing this, and you, you can do it. So he sends Timothy, instead of just praying that their faith would be established, and he sends Timothy, and he calls him not a co-worker of Paul and Silvanus, but a co-worker of God. And he's a co-worker in the gospel of Christ, and he's sending him for this purpose their faith might be shaken, pulled loose from its roots in the gospel, and knocked over so that all of our labor would be in vain. And Paul doesn't simply depend upon prayer, though that's essential. He tells us to pray all the time in the Spirit as we do warfare like this, and he, he takes steps to go and he goes in the person of Timothy. Go, establish them. Notice how the word established corresponds to shaken. Make them able to stand and not be knocked over. Do that, Timothy. That's your job. Go get it done. How? By exhortation. Establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be shaken. That's the purpose of the establishing, and the establishing happens by exhortation, which is open your mouth, Timothy, and tell them, tell them some things. Tell them some things. What, what things? You are a co-worker in the gospel. Okay, now let's just stop here and put ourselves into this situation, because 
I would guess that virtually every one of you who's listening to me in recent days or in the future are going to be put in this situation. Somebody's faith that you know is wobbly, it's tottering, it's in danger of failing, and any work that you've done in the past looks like it might not bear fruit long term, and they'll be one of those first soil, second soil, or third soil people in the parable of Jesus when the word is sown and they don't come to fruition. And that's what Paul is concerned about here. This could really happen, he considers, and it's not going to happen. He prays and acts, and he sends Timothy to establish their their faith. So he's going to exhort. He's going to exhort with the gospel. Now, just stop, stop here and ponder. Sometimes we think that the gospel is what saves people at the front end of the Christian life, right? It gets them converted. You preach the gospel, you share the gospel, and they get saved by believing the gospel. Yes, praise God, amen. But this gospel goes on saving. You are a co-worker in the gospel. That's why I'm sending you. Timothy didn't say to Paul, hey, Paul, we've already preached the gospel to them, and I'm a co-worker with God in the gospel, so I don't have anything else to say to them, because they're on to another level. He didn't say that because it's not true, right? We need the gospel. Now, what, what does that mean? So I'm, I'm very practically going to try to help you do this for people. So you are a co-worker in the gospel to exhort and thus strengthen and thus rescue wobbly faith. Here's how it works. Romans 8.32, most important verse in the Bible, maybe. He who did not spare his own son, that's God, he didn't spare his own son, but gave him up on the cross in death, substituting him for us. He gave him up for us all. How shall he not also with him graciously give us all things? Do you see the logic there? That is the glorious gospel logic of heaven. If God did the hardest thing in the universe, namely not spare his son, but give the Son of God, the God-man, up to the most vile crucifixion method of death, if he did, if he did that, then he'll do this. He will graciously give us all things. That's the way the gospel works. For a person who's 75 years old like me to get up in the morning, preach this to myself, if he didn't spare his own son, he'll give you, Piper, everything you need today. At age 75, having been a Christian now for, what, 60-plus years, I need this logic to assure me this is going to happen today, and so do these Thessalonians, because they're very wobbly, and they need to be told, God is going to most certainly graciously give you all things because he did the gospel and didn't spare his own son. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation? That's what they're dealing with, right? They're dealing with tribulation. Is that going to separate you from the love of God? Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sore, as it is written, it really happens. 
For your sake, we're being killed all day long. Some of them might die. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. No. Stand your ground, Christian. This is what Timothy's preaching. In all these things, we are more than conquerors in in all these things. In persecution, in distress, in tribulation, in famine, in nakedness, in danger, in sword, in all these things, we super conquer even though we get killed. That's what they need to hear, and that is purchased by God not sparing his son. It's purchased by the gospel, the gospel acts of God. So when it says, Timothy, go establish them, keep them from falling over by exhorting them as your role as a co-worker in the gospel. He means preach the gospel to them and draw out the implications. Now, what are the reasons that people's faith is shaken by afflictions? Pick your affliction, right? Cancer, divorce, wayward children, loss of job, persecution, 9-11, building crashing down. I mean, hundreds of afflictions come to God's people. What shakes our faith? What shakes our faith is the thought, God's not strong enough to do anything about this. God's not wise enough to do anything about this. And so the gospel co-worker goes to Job and says, God bought this on the cross for you. I know that you can do all things, God, that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Christian, believe this. And don't be shaken. Believe this. No purpose of God can be thwarted. He's always wise enough. He's always strong enough. What's another reason why people are shaken when afflictions come? Because it looks like God doesn't care. The Thessalonians, they're just baby Christians. He doesn't care. We're being beat up by all these enemies and adversaries, and God is on vacation. He just doesn't care anymore. And so Timothy goes, and as a co-worker in the gospel, he says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. These things aren't happening to you because he doesn't care for you. And so Timothy's preaching his heart out there, exhorting them in their faith with the gospel and all that the gospel purchases. Remember, all the promises of God are yes in Christ. One more passage. Romans 8, 18. Suppose they say to Timothy when he arrives, this gospel has just ruined our lives. You told us that it was good news, and our lives have been made absolutely miserable by this gospel because of the persecution. Suppose they say that. Timothy will preach the gospel like this. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed. Them and he would remind them of all that made them glad when they first heard the gospel. So 
the takeaway for us from this simple observation right here is that God has purposed that he have that he have co-workers and these co-workers are in the gospel that is they put the gospel on their lips and they explain how all the promises of God are yes because of the gospel God didn't spare his own son therefore he won't spare any effort to do everything necessary to help his people live their lives as they should and make it to heaven and so you speak that and you establish your your friends your family your people so that they're not shaken by afflictions.